Then put your little hand in mine There ain't no hill or mountain we can't climb Welcome to Groundhog Minute, the podcast where we celebrate the 1993 classic Groundhog Day, one repetitive minute at a time. I'm your host, Sean. And I'm your other host, Dave. And joining us again today, we have special guest, Carolyn Main of A Very Special Episode and Pitch Please. Hi, thank you. It's good to be back, but I'm starting to worry I'll never escape. <laughs> Stuck in this. We probably should have warned you. Yeah. You're going to have to do this podcast every day. Forever. Forever. Or until you become a good person. Oh, shit. Well, it's going to be about 10,000 years. <laughs> well, yeah. So, so welcome back for minute twenty-eight. And so, so Dave, lay the foundation. What's going on for minute twenty-eight? In minute twenty-eight, we essentially have the locals making fun of Phil, and Phil is getting angry at them. Larry says we got to get going if we're going to stay ahead of the weather. Rita says, "Phil, you need help." Phil sees a local doctor who can't seem to find a problem, and he recommends a psychiatrist. All right. I, lo- I love that line. It's it's one of those things that it, it grows on me. The we better get going if we're going to stay ahead of the weather. <laughs> yeah, that's like that's when I when I think of Larry, I think of well, I think of the, the stupid sweater <laughs> that he's going to be wearing later. And then I think of that line. We better get going. If we're going to stay ahead of the weather. Yeah, I think about, let's see, his hooded eyes, his shit-eating grin, and just that overall <laughs> gingerness. And then I started thinking about R.E.M. Stan because of his Get a Life show that Chris Elliott had. That had that theme song. It's pretty Yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah. So, um, all right. So, yeah, I, I mentioned it yesterday. I'll, I'll mention uh, the local yokel who was making fun of Phil right. is Rick Ducommon. And he played he played Art and Burbs, right? And he played what? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, okay, that's where I know him from. Yeah. Shout out to Burbs Minute. The Burbs. Oh, there's a minute. That's cool. Oh, there's a minute for so many things, Carolyn. There's <laughs> a minute finest. This is my first minute. Yeah, uh, let's see. We've had Star Wars Minute Alex Robinson on our podcast before, but other than that, I I haven't been on a minute. So thank you for having me, Groundhogs. Oh, definitely. All right, thanks. Well, your your first time. First time for everything. Hope it was special. Maybe I'll bite you. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, also uh, for uh, listeners of Die Hard Minute, he was down. He was Walt, the city engineer down over at uh, Nakatomi. Oh, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah! Shout out to Die yeah. Hard Minute. We got to shut it down. <laughs> shut it down now. Oh yeah, yeah, totally. Okay, okay. Yeah, so I looked at yeah, he's from Saskatchewan, but like I guess that that just that perfect accent makes him perfectly play those like blue collar Middle America guys. He just fits right in. He seems really Chicago. He's like a beefy dude and everyman. Yeah, he's 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 that perfect. Just like ah, oh, he's yeah. yeah, he falls right in. No questions. Now the big thing that I remember Rick from other than Groundhog Day, of course, is. Uh, Spaceballs. Oh, it was it, where he was one one of the guards. Yeah. <laughs> wow, he's been in all these movies that I've totally seen, but I've never put together that he's the same guy. But he's done a great job every time. So that's on me. <laughs> 
Yeah, he's he's got a he's got a ton of credits. As does um, his dining partner is uh, is, is Rick Overton, huh. a, another comedian who also has a ton of movie credits. And now I mainly know uh, Rick from uh, Eight Legged Freaks, uh, where he was Deputy Pete. Did a spider get him? Yes, oh. I think this the spider got him. Yeah, and so these are two. Um, and Rick Overton's from New York City. He's from Queens, New York. But they're two guys that you just look at them and you think, yeah, just middle America, maybe Chicago, maybe Pittsburgh or central PA. I mean, I kind of get the impression that they're locals, but they could be that they're long haul truckers and this is their stop for the day. You know, they're, they're stopping on their route. They've got a, you know, a truck, a, you know, the semi full of VCRs or something that they're trucking across country. <laughs> Pagers, and, uh, VCRs. Yeah. Well, it's the, it's the 90s, so it's like, you know, yeah, pagers, VCRs, parachute pants. Oh, the- oh. <laughs> oh, gosh. I'm just remembering the 90s now again, you guys. Is there a time hole that you found that we can just escape to the past? <laughs> Simpler time. I was going to say we go to Portland, but you're already there. So if you're having trouble, no, <laughs> I'm worried. <laughs> now Portland's kind of over. It's uh, it's a little done to death. Our traffic. I don't even want to be old enough to talk about parking, but it's a problem. We're going to be Seattle in three more years. It's it's over. I will I will make time. I will try to visit Portland uh, sometime. because yeah, because obviously, like you know, when Fred Armisen did the show, I was like, uh, I was like, I got. Cause yeah, like it looked. There, look, there's just so many like nice little places. I kind of just want like just look at houses, you know, just be like, oh, that's a nice house, and that's a nice house, right? Yeah, there's. I know <laughs> there's so many people like Fred Armisen. Like he like broke up a, a husband and wife, and they had a baby in town. You know, he just keeps the harem. It's port to port around here. It's really unfortunate, but Yikes. everybody wants to be famous. One time. We glared at him in a sandwich shop so that he didn't cut us in line. It was pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, not, not here, not here, Fred. Right? Yeah, you're, you're. We're not into your deal, your charm, your TV face. It's not wowing us. That's, that's true, Portland. <laughs> um, yeah, we intimidated him. No, it was mostly my spouse. I, I was just laughing at the whole thing. <laughs> not today, Armiston. Not on my watch. <laughs> so, I, there you go. so I so I like to think that yeah these guys whether it be truckers or just local guys in the town who just do maybe they're like small town contractors or something I like to think that like yeah whatever fills insults to throw at them they've just been through so much blue collar hardship that like it would not it cause them morons and they probably just like they've heard and done so much worse that this 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 guy in a suit can't can't touch him. Right? Yeah, they're the townies, and they're not intimidated by his Hollywood sleaziness, Fred Armiston. You don't intimidate us. <laughs> yeah. We can't wait to bully you. That's what we live for. <laughs> and that's so. And that's Bill Murray's line. That's not in the, uh, that's not in the script. The uh, morons, your bus is leaving. That's one of, that's one of, that's a, that's a Bill Murray original right there. An it's a good one though because it's it's him lashing out at the he's losing that safe the safety of the diner you know what he came here for which was like mm-hmm. uh just calm from the from the the mobs outside chanting phil and from the cold weather he's like oh 
it's like, oh, I got to deal with the plates. Great. If they hear these guys hear my name, they're going to like every day they're going to give me about it. So it's just like, oh, God, I put all these people. Plus, it's a good visual. Who doesn't want to ride on the moron bus, at least for a couple stops? Woo! <laughs> Woo! <laughs> so does he, like, does he expect they're going to, like, jump up? Oh, no, we're late for our bus. Like, what's <laughs> what's the reaction he's expecting from that line? I mean, he, it sounds like they, they've already turned and gone back to their breakfast, too. They laugh, and then they turn back. So, like, they're already into their own pancakes and conversation when he does it. So I wouldn't be surprised if they just never heard it. Right. They're, right. they're just, like, they're, like, knee-deep in syrup and butter, and they're just like, eh. Yeah. But Rita's right there, and it's, you know, Phil, Connors, you're, if you're, you're trying to convince yeah. Rita that you're serious for once, that there's really something going on. And, you know, yeah, the little quips to the the folks at the table, the next table over, they're not helping make your case. Good point. Mm -hmm. And we don't get to see her reaction because now we have Larry who's walked in. Ugh, Larry. Oh, I mean, look, look, look at from Larry's perspective. He was told off about how we got to get out of town and everything. He, uh, you know, he either shot some B-roll or something to to get the (laughs) network. So he yeah. looked bad. I mean, Phil's already like, you know, ruined that shot. So he's like, oh, well, as a cameraman, I got to record something. So he's like, well, I guess we're done with the town. So, yeah, he's probably got the whole truck loaded up. Everything's ready. He's probably even put like Rita's bags mm-hmm. in the van. He's like, all right, we'll stop by a bed and breakfast, check you out, and we're done. So he's more than happy to like leave the town and just move on. Yeah, because he's just spent the, the last day hearing about how little time Phil wants to spend in this town, how quick he wants to hit the road. Yeah. And now the mood swing. Yeah, Larry Larry bought this Larry bought the new sweater. He's like, but hey, if I can't pull out the new sweater, fine, I'll just do it somewhere else. Yeah, he's got sweaters <laughs> back home to get back to. <laughs> yeah. So finally finally Rita and Phil do come to uh, stand that they both agree on, and that is that Phil needs help. Mm-hmm. And so we switch scenes. We leave the diner and we enter. Oh, I'm not done. I'm not done. I'm not oh, done. You're not done with the diner. Oh, okay. Well, Sorry. Oh, no, no, because no, I think I think two things worth mentioning is we've. I mean, I just mentioned it, but I want to talk about Chris Elliott's face because now okay. he's he's not angry. He's just confused. He's like, wait. Because the face he's making is, you made a point for like all of like two, three hours on the drive up and, and around the town how you don't want to be here. And now you you don't want to leave this town that you lo- already look miserable. So that's the face he's making. It's just like, you're, and I say we're going to get ahead of the weather. And then you say that we're not. and But you told us that the weather wasn't going to hit us anyway. So it's like him just saying like, I'm, I'm remembering what you said earlier. And now you're saying the opposite of everything. Right. So, yeah. And he, he gets like, like the appropriately like just confused, annoyed, upset face of yeah, you were the one that was in such a rush to get away. And and now what are you saying? You're not making any sense, Phil. Yeah, it's like Phil, you're digging your heels in the ground. You want us to like help you figure your day out. And you don't want to go back to Pittsburgh because he's like, if I get and, and, and Rita, she says, you know, let's deal with this in Pittsburgh. She's hoping, all right, he'll fall asleep in the van. We'll get back to the city. You know, he'll be hopefully less cranky and then he can just go home. Yeah. That's how she sees it. Yeah. No one wants to spend any more time with Phil at this point. They're <laughs> done with him as much as he is done with them. 
<laughs> yeah. And going back to what we talked a little bit about yesterday is he's in this loop on February 2nd, but he's paying the price for the ground he laid down on February 1st. This is all natural, logical reactions that Phil and Larry are having to things Phil has said and done. They're not making it up. They're not going off script. They're like, you're the guy who wanted to get out of town. Let's go. The groundhog that he laid down. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. And also there's a, there's a Steelers uh, uh, flag behind uh, Larry. Steelers. Yes. Steelers. Uh, don't worry. I'm I'm near Philly, so it's it's oh, Eagles for okay. me. But like, I just 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 to remind, yeah, just to remind, like, because I was like, I was like, I know they're in Steelers country, mm-hmm. but that's the first and only time I've seen uh, Steelers memorabilia um, in the town. Yeah, I had a roommate who was from around there, and he was real big on the Steelers. Yeah, none of us are fans, no. so we got I have no opinions <laughs> either way. No, no, no Steeler fans on this podcast. No steel, yeah, and it's not the Steelers minute today. All right, so yes, I will allow uh, if you guys will, will, you know, we go to the doctors if you're, if you're All right. right. That was my that was my last note. Okay, so this is I don't know, I guess Punxsutawney General. Uh, <laughs> they must have some place that does X-rays, and like, how long do X-rays take? That like, well, nowadays. it's all it's like same day mm-hmm. service. They've got a one hour X-ray photo. Yeah. Nowadays, it is pretty fast. Like, you can get an x-ray in, like, 20 minutes. But back then, I think you had to, like, go to a freaking Walgreens Kinko's <laughs> film process. Yeah. yeah. That's a good point. I guess, I'm guessing, yeah, they had the service for if you pay for it. And I'm guessing, you know, Phil thinking what, you know, the situation is in. He's like, whatever, just charge my credit card $1,000 or whatever it is just to do it now. Yeah. So, yeah, I guess he it does even bother with the uh, – the like insurance, the network insurance, or is he just going cash out of pocket just to move things along? Yeah, I would assume he he rather. I mean, what he's about to say to the doctor in a minute, anyway, or in a, you know, a few seconds. Yeah, he rather do whatever he can medically right now to get the answer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, how invasive do you think the rest of those doctor tests were? Oh, so by the way, did is how obviously we, we got elephant in the room here. Uh, Harold Ramis, our director, is the. Uh, the neurologist mm-hmm. is he credited in the script as uh, anything? Because he's just neurologist on IMDb. Yeah, he is just. I think it's just doctor in the script, and then credited as neurologist in IMDb, like you said. So we don't get a name other than the profession for this character. And okay. yeah, I was always curious if like he chose his cameo, or it was just like eh, it's not worth hiring somebody to like all do all of like you know. 30 seconds of dialogue yeah it's kind of it's kind of strange i wondered like how this kind of came about and in the director's commentary on the blu-ray ramus kind of makes it sound like oh this was just this is just an extra scene we did and we just kind of needed to pull someone on set to to play this little part and oh i was there so i kind of went in like he makes it almost sound like it was a, an unexpected, like an, just an unexpected extra they threw in, but it's in the script. It's in at least the third revision, the latest revision that I was able to find. This part, this this whole thing, that you with with the neurologist and the going into the psychologist, 
or the psychiatrist, like those are both in the script. So, and certainly they cast someone for the psychiatrist. So why wouldn't they cast someone for this part? Unless, mm-hmm. unless he really, you know, he wanted to be in the movie, Ramus, but he doesn't want to, maybe he thinks that sounds like egotistical. Maybe he didn't want to admit that he wanted to be in the movie. Hmm. Yeah. To kind of like, yeah, like to kind of like, hey, everybody, I'm, I am I directed this movie. Yeah. But yeah, and he, he says that this is filmed, this is at 2.30 a.m. when they, when they actually film this. What? Jeez. Yeah. Working hard, I guess, or working late. I didn't read it like that. Yeah, it just seems like daytime because that's when you'd expect it to be. It's funny how long it can be. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and they do have there's there's even a window in the office and behind Phil, but that's that's it looks like you know trees and, and light, but that's you know movie magic. Well, <laughs> it's, it's, it's all a set. Yeah, it's I'm, all fake. He's not really a doctor. Wow. Nothing is real. Well, and it's strange. So. Why is he? It looks like he's kind of wearing. Like, are those supposed to be scrubs? Like, he just got out of surgery. <laughs> it does. It does kind of look like. Like, it, it almost kind of like they didn't have a doctor's outfit ready. You're right. It does feel like it's like, oh, we don't have a doctor's outfit that you could fit in. Um, we have some extra large scrubs. And he's <laughs> like, all right, hey, I mean, I'm, I'm I'm a pudgy guy too, so like, I get it, you know? Right. Like, yeah, because I think it it would be like it should be like maybe a white like a lab coat, like a white coat yeah. kind of thing because even if like they were taking x-rays and stuff it, yeah it's not like he, they just they weren't cutting phil open he didn't get it just get a surgery but uh there you go but he, but that's the thing is that but he might have had his hands on his balls that's <laughs> probably a test that they did i yeah i guess at this point no probably not <laughs> you don't have a good doctor <laughs> well I mean, I, maybe I don't tip well. I'm like a Larry tipper. <laughs> no, that's that. That's more. That's actually like a young man's thing. Um, oh. That they the the check for testicular cancer, um, which is usually what they're. Well, though they might have been looking for a hernia. Yeah, I'm thinking like a test a cancer check, but that's right. it's a type of cancer that mainly strikes young men. I think. I think around 35, my doctor stopped doing that. Unless, you know, unless he's trying to tell me something. He's like, you're old. Now we're only into your asshole. Yeah. And what he said was, I'm, I'm out of, you know, out of the window for that type of cancer. But maybe what he's saying is he's just not attracted to my testicles anymore. There you go. Yeah. I'm saying you have old balls medically. <laughs> Bad bedside manner. But, but it's fun, too. but but that's a good point though is that like if anything no no like like, meet me halfway here is that if no matter what that doctor said of like some tests like phil would do it and would pay for it out of pocket right now like biopsy so it's like he he probably wants them he's like i will go under the knife you could cut a piece of my brain out if that's gonna get me to figure out you know not repeat the day well, and I, I was yeah. – sorry, you go ahead, Carolyn. Oh, well, just he could do anything he wants medically and have little repercussions. It's just like, you know, what's the craziest surgery you could think of? You wouldn't heal in one day. So you'd have to mm-hmm. – I don't know. It might be fun just to steal a bunch of nitrous, and that's about the best <laughs> idea I can see. <laughs> that could be fun. Well, yeah, and also he's – I mean, luckily in this case, he's got an honest doctor. Yeah. Because if this neurologist just is like, hey – 
I don't get much business here in Punxsutawney. There's not a lot of brain surgery going on. And this guy walks in with a credit card saying, whatever you want to do, whatever test you want to run, <laughs> go go at it. Like, I've got boat payments. This guy's going <laughs> to, you know, this guy's going to get me across the line. Uh, so, so certainly the doctor could take advantage of this situation. But, of course, no doctor would ever do that. As, as we clearly see, he only runs the bare minimum of, of tests. Yeah, American because- healthcare is great. We're fine. No problem. <laughs> We're a okay, but I was so I was also wondering. Um, there's well, a couple different things are going on. Mm-hmm. One is, do you think like if you think you're going crazy, does that mean you're not? And I mean, like the in in a clinical sense, if you're really insane, people that are crazy don't think they're crazy. They do crazy things. And they think it's normal. They've they've they have some warped thought process or diseased thought process that makes them do things that are crazy. The fact that Phil realizes something's wrong. Now there, I mean there 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 are other things. It could be a a you know a tumor or something else going on. But the fact that he thinks this is crazy that the same day is happening over and over again. Does that mean he isn't crazy? I mean, hmm. not enough. <laughs> <laughs> not enough. Yeah, it'd be easy enough to like, you know, uh, generally for the most part, think you're fine. But then when you're donkeyoting around with a sword at the barista, there could be a moment like, am I out of line? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, when he mentions the blizzard, it's like it does act like Dr. Harold Ramis here does act like that's a odd thing for him to say about why he can't like get the test going to Pittsburgh. Like, yeah, I go to Pittsburgh, the blizzard. So maybe he's like, dude, the blizzard's going to be like a day, two days at most. <laughs> what are you talking about? Like, you're fine. You don't look like you're going to like die any second. So maybe that's why he's just like, maybe that's where he hits the point where it's, you know, not just, you know, psychiatrist, like, yeah, it's something that I can't fix with a must, you know, you know, with it, with a scalpel. But it also, yeah, we got to look at it as maybe that's the reason he's in the scrubs is like, he, wasn't he just wasn't ready like maybe he had like a big punxatawney jacket on and stuff <laughs> and he was like all ready mm-hmm. and then like he gets a call on his like you know his like 90s portable phone or something it's just like there's a guy here at the office and he wants to pay him he's like all right i guess i will i'll leave the festivities to like go there and so he's like all right good a cool easy couple hundred and then it's just like this guy's like doesn't make it. I just I'm done. Like I just want to go home and make some <laughs> make some cider and just and celebrate my Groundhog Day. His balls yeah. are too old. I'm not interested. I'm not interested. <laughs> just, just now, just I'm now. not interested. Yeah, the the balls are too old. The anus is not old enough. <laughs> There's just nothing here. Get out of here. Though I I I just want to say that he does seem. It bothers me a little bit the way he dismisses the blizzard because. Blizzards are a real thing. It's February. It's the middle of winter in central PA. It's not like, oh, now if a guy comes in and says, oh, I can't go to, you know, I can't go to Pittsburgh because of huge bats or I can't go to Pittsburgh because of the unicorn. You know, I can't go to Pittsburgh because little green men are out to get me. Okay, you're crazy. You need to see a psychiatrist. But it's like, oh, I can't go to Pittsburgh because it's a blizzard. And it's like, oh, well, OK. I mean, the the forecast said the blizzard's going to hit outside of town, but it's not it's not beyond question that, you know what? It might snow in Punxsutawney in February. 
I just don't think it's that crazy. Honestly, yeah. honestly, that's a good, I mean, like, yeah, that's probably like actual dialogue that a doctor would like, you know, would logically say and they would have, but I think it's like, you know, how many times do we want Phil to explain the blizzard to people like, you know, the audience knows we know. <laughs> so it's like, you know, Reed, you know, Reed has got a note here about it at least once for the audience. Larry does. Yeah. And then you know, he explains it to the doctor, but yeah, you're right. The doctor probably would be like, Oh, I don't, that blizzard only closed the roads a day or two. And then you can head in. And then he would be like, well, no, cause I don't have the time. And then, yeah, the doctor would come to the same conclusion. Okay. We're at the point where I can't physically fix you with an X-ray or a scalpel. So, hmm. You know, it's like if you if you want to spend money, I'll tell you where you can spend money at. <laughs> yeah, I've I've fleeced you for all I can take, but you know what? My buddy's a psychiatrist. He's got a boat too. Why we have a boat in Landlock, Pennsylvania? Well, they're, they're not that far from uh, the Great. Isn't like the Erie nearby? Yeah. Yeah. So. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, you could take it. I guess you could take your boat to the. Yeah, if you want to drive an hour, you take it to the. Yeah, you take it to the actual three rivers in Pittsburgh. Oh, there you go. Well, there's um. There's a creek that runs right through Punxsutawney, Mahoning Creek Lake. Oh. Hmm. Well, hopefully it's good. Maybe, maybe there's good fishing there, you know, maybe. So, uh, you know, a little, you're, you scratch my back, I'll scratch yours. He sends some work that guy's way. But yeah, so I, I see your point, Dave, that certainly it's not crazy for him to say, I can't go to Pittsburgh today, but the doctor wouldn't understand why, why, why today is so important. Yeah. All right, there's a blizzard. That's fine. And then tomorrow it stops snowing, and we know how to deal with blizzards here. We've seen them before. The plows come through. We dig out. And why can't you go to Pittsburgh tomorrow? At which point mm-hmm. Phil seems crazy, and he's like, you know what? Yeah, you need to. You need a a different kind of doctor. Yeah, that that's honestly, it's probably like just Harold Ramis himself saying, like, I know the doctor's going to say all these lines, <laughs> but let's not. You know, yeah. let's just get this. Let's just get the scene over with. You know. Just keep the editing tight. Because I said, like, the other day when I had my idea of a deleted scene mm-hmm. of, like, what would it be like if Rita and and Phil, you know, argued at the bed and breakfast? Oh, that would right. be great. But it would make the diner scene less important right. because he'd be saying the exact same thing to her and Larry uh, just in a different scene. So it's like, yeah, like, you know, though that scene might have existed, we're not going to watch it because it's like, how many times do you want to repeat to the audience? Phil can't not only can't escape the day, but has to explain to the people that the blizzard's going to block him in. It's like, mm. it's funny if we just quick cut to him at the psychiatrist. Yeah. Yeah. So we get like two seconds of psychiatrist here. So I'll hold my comments for tomorrow or for, for our next minute on that. But Carolyn, anything, anything about our psychiatrist or psychiatry in general? Um. Oh, gosh. Well, just, you know, thinking about thinking about Freud and the cigar metaphor. Let's see where that goes. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't remember how this scene plays out, but I'm pretty sure this is just a good couple of montages with professionals that Phil is medically cuckoo, cuckoo. Yeah, I think it's like all these are, you know, between Hal Ramis and the psychiatrist. It's the, you know, we get, we get, it's almost like you're ask, you're answering that question. The audience asks like, well, what if it's like, what if he's just kooky? Then, you know, this, these are things like, no, he's medically fine. He's, of mental, you know, stability. He's a he's a he's a butthead, but like, you know, like like his his head's working. Yeah, and his butt's working. Butt is working. Yeah. So i I want to hear more about this uh, 
Carolyn, more about – well, so there's two things. There's a game and then there's a podcast about the game. Yeah. So – Yeah. Yeah. So just tell us a little bit more about about Pitch, please, like where that came from, how that happened, and you know, and what it is. Glad to. Uh, so Pitch, please, is the game of the 60-second screenplay. And what it is is a card deck, like a poker-sized card deck – of 53 fully illustrated movie cliches. I'm primarily a cartoonist. Mm -hmm. And it was really fun just to, you know, uh, go through my cinematic landscape of all the movies I've seen, mostly in the (laughs) 80s and 90s. You can pick up most of the references. (laughs) Uh, And so I made just this deck, and then I task contestants or players to pitch a movie in one minute. One minute to plan it, one minute to pitch it. So the podcast so far is a lot of amazing Portland comedians. <laughs> we have them go against each other making really strange movies that uh, didn't get a second draft, barely got a first, but they're more dynamic than a lot of things you'd go see at your cinema because no bureaucrat got in the way. And yeah, it came about, I was playing a story game, I think it's called Plixit or something, where you just, it was just images and you just combine them and kind of everybody made a story and you saw which one worked best. And then I thought about movies which is the storytelling that most of us have probably spent the most time with if mm-hmm. yeah. so it's been really fun just to give people the reins and the structure and the boundaries it's like cards against humanity but you also have to do a little bit more work but not that much and it's surprising all of your friends are even more clever than you thought they can come up with a movie in one minute if they have to so so make them and if you want to hear it <laughs> you can listen to the pitch please podcast on the river city podcast federation Oh, and if you want your own home deck, which I really recommend, they are on sale at pitchplease.fun or amazon.com. Nice. Yeah, thanks. Awesome. Yeah. That that sounds like a lot of fun. And I, you know, as you might guess, folks that do a podcast about a movie one minute at a time might be into movies and might be into that kind of thing. So it sounds like right up my alley. Yeah. Please. You should play it. Uh, Dave was one of our original Kickstarter backers, you know and thank you, Dave. I know he's got some decks rolling around. Oh, yeah. I flipped that jumbo deck. I'm like, I'm getting that. <laughs> he's got the jumbo deck. He's got the size queen package. I have one, too, and it is so great. You can, like, play to a group of 20 people IRL because they can all see the pictures. Or if you need a mobile one, we've mostly got those, too. Yeah, we all know Dave <laughs> is a size queen, and... Uh, <laughs> Medically. <laughs> That's what the doctor said, medically. I think I believe that is that is the technical term. Yeah. I mean I, I, I didn't go to med school, but I did look it up on WebMD. But I am a doctor. Oh, funny. Yeah, no, I also I wanna I wanna give a shout to because Carolyn, the one of the reasons I, I, I loved your work was through uh Saved by the Bell reviewed, SBTB reviewed Oh, we had so much fun and I spent so long. <laughs> In that universe. Thank you. Yeah. So that's 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 like another uh, plug I had to say is that like if you want to like go over say by a bell in the minutia that a lot of us movies by minutes podcasters do about our movies, I I'd recommend picking up that feed and just listening to the chaos of what Zach Morris does to those people. Slam it down. We did the whole series and showgirls, and we watched Screech's pornography, and read his autobio. We really milked the ending. And I have three amazing podcast co-hosts who I go through that with. Uh, Austin Gordon, David Bisenhofer, and Brian Alexander Tanner. 
And after we ran out of Saved by the Bell, we re- relaunched ourselves into being a very special episode. So each week we'll do just a different special, quote unquote, episode of television. So it can go anywhere from Mod's abortion to uh, there's a lot of young boys who get molested too. So look forward to that. Isn't that special? Tragic. Don't do it. It's too special. Yeah, thank you, Dave. Thanks for being a long-time listener. Uh, The first couple listeners we got really meant a lot because it's like, oh, we're not just yelling into a void, right? (laughs) Yeah, it was fun because I was like, yeah, it was just like, you know, I always watched Say by Bell, but I didn't give it much thought. And then you guys were like, no, 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 let's break down how just (laughs) Zach and Screech and everyone's just – turning this whole school upside down for their own benefits. You're like, oh my gosh. Yeah. And they had a wizard and no one really talked about it. He left town <laughs> in the night, but for a while there was a real ass wizard who was slinging hamburgers. How about that? Yeah. <laughs> Next. Oh boy. So uh, now, now, Sean, do you want me to give the, like the big, the big listener group ad as well? Yeah, let's let's give the folks the big roundup. Okay, mm-hmm. so uh, to yeah to our listeners of Groundhog Minute, um, if you want, there's more Groundhog jokes. You want to talk about yeah you know, neurologists and 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 what and what they would recommend uh, for your testicles. Uh, you can join us in our conversations at the Goblin <laughs> Knob. That's the Groundhog Minute listeners group. Yeah, you follow the show on uh, on Twitter at Groundhog Minute. Reach us at groundhogminute.com. And uh, if yeah, if there's a there's a podcast, um, if you want a podcast about your favorite movie, chances are moviesbyments.com is going to have it. So head on there and, and pick your favorite. All right, so that is it for us. Thank you again, Caroline, for for joining us. We had a great time. Thank you Thank- for having me. I hope tomorrow I wake up in a totally different podcast, though. No offense. <laughs> well, you know, it's 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 just it's all about karma. So if you wake up tomorrow on a different podcast, that means you must be doing something right. If I go back to Save by the Bell, I'm going to spend like three weeks eating myself. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you, listeners. Uh, and we will see you tomorrow if there is one. Yay.